Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We're a spiritual and spirited community dedicated to the free search for truth and meaning. We're very glad you're here. We come from a long heritage in Unitarian Universalism of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone. So the way we greet the divine every Sunday morning is we turn to the person to our right and left and welcome them here. Let us say together the words by which we light the chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Good morning, everyone. Welcome, and Happy New Year. You just might recognize the uh, author of the first reading, A.A. Milne. What do you like best in the world, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, what I like best. And then he had to stop and think, because eating honey was a very good thing to do. But there was that moment just before you begin to eat it, which was better than when you were. But he didn't know what it was called. The mission statement of this congregation grew out of its values and its goals. And we wrote it on the wall and we say it together every Sunday. But I want to say something about the first part of it first. There's a woman who came a couple of weeks ago who asked me to tell you all this. She came from California. She was just visiting for a little while, and she was feeling extremely broken inside. And she said she came to visit. uh, Some people talked to her and welcomed her. She said, but the most healing thing was the feeling of the community here, just to sit in this community and feel the energy of the community wash over me was a very healing thing. She said, please tell them. So let us say our mission statement. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Our contemplative reading this morning is from Wendy Palmer, The Intuitive Body. Our compost pile needs to be turned over. And at the right time, this mixture of broken dreams, pain, and fear, and the fermented wisdom of our past seasons is spread upon the ground to enrich the soil and nourish our new crop of insights, ideas, and visions. Birth, growth, change, fruition, death, decay, and rebirth lead to more growth in a continuous cycle. All of this happens naturally, whether we like it or not. It is our choice, our human prerogative, to open to life, to appreciate it, to be awed by it, or not. The choice is ours. This is the time in the service when we become quiet for prayer and meditation, 
I'd like for us to try a meditation that Wendy Palmer, in her book, The Intuitive Body, suggests. She's an Aikido master, and this is from her tradition. So two inches below your belly button is a place called the Hara, um, H-A-R-A, and it's one of the energy centers. So I'll, I will be asking us to think about that place on the exhale of our breath. So make yourself comfortable in your seat. Put both your feet on the floor so you can get a little bit grounded. And begin to pay attention to your breath, especially the exhale of your breath. What she suggests is that we send our exhale down into our hara, where we picture a sun. And as if the exhaled breaths were feeding the sun, it grows in warmth and light with every exhale. And allow this warmth and light to fill your body. Allow your body to become aware of gravity as it pulls you into the seat, as it pulls your feet to the floor. This is a meditation for peace and for grounding. Continue, if you like, during the time of meditation. I invite you to light candles of joy or sorrow, hope, remembrance, or determination.
Last week, we had a burning bowl service where people wrote or whispered things they wanted to let go from 2017 and put them in the bowl of fire. But once you get rid of what you want to get rid of, then you fill that space with something else. So today I'm going to talk about how to invite change into your life. Not how to make change. We're not going to learn how to make change in our life, uh, but how to invite change into our life. And uh, you know there's a difference and you'll be able to um, explain the difference completely cogently after the sermon is over, I'm sure. For most of us, time after Christmas is a time of reflection or flu, but um, <laughs> sometimes we get some time to reflect and we think, what would I like the new year to bring to me? What, who do I want to become this new year? What, what changes would I like to make? And, um, and a new year is a, a good time to do it. I have a friend who's from the pagan tradition. She calls it Muggle New Year because the pagans have it in um, October. But um, anyway, so for this new year change, it's as good a time as any to begin things. So all the Zumba classes are full, and Kaya and I can't get a lane at our pool um, because everybody's doing their New Year's resolution thing, which is great. I don't make New Year's resolutions. That's that's a lie. I do. I just don't make normal ones. Um, I have a friend when I was a teenager. Every single year, hers was the same. She was going to grow her nails, lose weight, get a tan. Um, None of that ever happened. She was a redhead. She was not going to get a tan. I, when I was grown, fell into the habit of just uh, being quiet after Christmas and then letting uh, New Year's resolution come to me. It kind of floated up out of the depths. The first year, it was... Be quiet. And I I was a little chagrined because, you know, even then I was talking for a living. Like, how how I'm going to be quiet? I don't know. But I found uh, little cracks and crevices in my everyday experience, which would allow me to practice being quiet. For example, you know, when you're in a group that's doing a project or where your opinions are being asked, or you're trying to get something done. I used to be what they call, um, the sociologists call it, early dominant. I know that shocks you. Um, But I was, you know, first off the block with my opinion. I I had plenty, and I could just uh, tell you what they all were. And I was a little bit obnoxious in that... If there was no leader of the group, I would become the leader because in my last life I was a German shepherd and if there's no boss, I'll be the boss, okay? I, um, I hope I don't do that anymore. So be quiet was a really interesting one to work with for me because I found out that not only were there chances for me to be quiet in groups and discover that other people also had opinions that would come out if I just left space, um, 
but that I was very noisy inside too. And I, I was able to notice that my brain was like a, like a puppy running around chewing on everything. And um, maybe I could invite some more quiet inside as well. The next year, up from the depth floated, tell the truth. I was chagrined again because I tell the truth all the time, um, compulsively. But I found out again that there were little cracks and crevices in my day-to-day experience where that could take root and blossom. Turned out I wasn't really truthful all the time, even to myself, especially to myself where I would go, oh, I'm fine. That didn't bother me. (laughs) It wasn't true. But I was trying to fool even me. So... That caused some changes because there are also lots of times when a little lie really lubricates the social interaction, and uh, the truth brings the social interaction to a halt. So I found found ways around it is the main thing. Like when somebody said, don't you just love that music, I would go... It touched me in ways I haven't been touched before. I was glad when that year was over. Last year's resolution was a weird one. It was drink more. (laughs) I, you know, I live in Austin now and I need to just get with it and, um, And I always forget to drink or I fall asleep before I have a drink or I don't know. It didn't really work because I, you know, had all those surgeries. I got injured. Um, Really, when you're on morphine for one week a month, it's really not a good time to drink. So, when you make a resolution... Here are some things to know. Or when you want to get some change in your life, here are some things to know. One is, human beings are made up of many, 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 many layers. There's your will and your ego and your childhood training and all the things that are running around in your brain saying, you should be more patient and you should be kinder and you should be all the shoulds that are running around in your brain. And then there are the layers of unconscious, if you believe in that, which I do, because I've seen a lot of people driven by elements of their unconscious. Um, St. Paul wrote about it in his one of his letters. He said, I do the things I don't want to do, and I don't do the things I do want to do. Can I get an amen? Has anybody ever had that experience? Right. You go, I'm not eating any more potato chips, and then pretty soon your hand is just doing this, and you're like, what happened? I, uh... The unconscious is where your shadow side lives, the side that has all the qualities that you don't really want to acknowledge. Um, so your, your fecklessness, your faithlessness, your cruelty, all of that is in the shadow side, and it behooves us to know where it is. 
not to deny its existence. It's like a wasp in the room. You know, you don't want to you don't want to sit on it by accident, and your shadow will ambush you if you try to say, "Oh, I don't have a cruel bone in my body." <laughs> Pretty soon, you'll be going, "Oh gosh, the karma fairy is what I call her. She's mean, um, but relentlessly wanting your improvement." Uh, we see the unconscious um, shadow side working when you say things like. Oh, My next-door neighbor, she fell in love with the guy who does her yard and ran off. I don't know. How could she do it? How could she just run off with somebody like that? And then, really, within a month, if you sniff at that kind of thing, you'll find yourself in love with the checkout guy at the grocery store. So watch out for your shadow. And there are other elements in the um, unconscious I want to warn you about because when you're trying to make change in your life or even invite change in your life, you want to be careful of these two. One of them is the inner critic. I don't know if you have one or not. Yes, I do. I know you have one. And um, your inner critic is the one who goes, man. You really shouldn't dance. Uh, You look kind of stupid when you dance. Just sit down. Or uh, don't you think that that dress is a little bit young for you? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't though. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wear that out of the house if I were you. Your inner critic is is usually alive and working, grinding on you all the time. And it doesn't work to will your inner critic out of the way. Just go, I will not be so critical of myself. (laughs) Yeah, good luck with that. So uh, one thing that one of my teachers recommended was to um, promote your inner critic to full professor and give them a classroom at UT, one of the new shiny ones. And give them a class full of brilliant UT students who will nod and take notes at whatever your inner critic is saying. And so when your inner critic holds forth about what a loser she is, or he is, I, I just can't even believe that he thinks he's going to make this change in his life. <laughs> um, take notes here while I tell you about all the other times he's tried to make change and has failed. And the students nod, and they take their pens, and they go, okay. Just give him something to do, or her. I was teaching this a couple years ago in a workshop about the inner critic, and this guy looked up at me, and he just said, I have been um, worshiping my inner critic. I thought it was God. I'm like, yeah, that's what they want you to think. So your inner critic can have a classroom and just hold forth out of your way while you get on with your life. The other element I want to talk to you about is what the psychologists call resistance, your inner resistance. I call it the mule, the inner mule. That's why you have a mule on the front of your order of service because... 
Every time you try to use willpower, your mule hears it like a siren and wakes up and starts digging in. You know how many vegetables you eat right now, okay? And probably you would eat fewer vegetables if you were to make a resolution to eat more vegetables. Because your mule would wake up and go, Pizza! Totally, if you get onions on your pizza, that's vegetables. So you want to find a way of inviting change. Inviting doesn't wake up the mule. Just You're just asking yourself questions. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. So if you don't try to force it, then the mule might stay asleep. Now, I told you Wendy Palmer is an Aikido master, and Aikido is a relatively new martial art started in the 1930s. It's all about yielding the space. Other martial arts are a little more... You know, you, you come with force at your opponent. In Aikido, you stand aside and let your opponent's momentum take them to the floor. So, I mean, you help them a little bit, but... Um, <laughs> yielding the space, being open and loving, is a wonderful way to position yourself. It's a wonderful stance from which to invite change. So what Wendy Palmer suggests for us is this, that we think of a quality with which we would like to work, a quality like awareness, gentleness, kindness, softness, courage, um, patience, persistence, some quality, not a go-away quality, like I want to be less impatient. No, you want to put it positively like you're inviting. So you don't go, I want to invite myself to be less of a jerk. No, that is not going to work. Inviting whatever the opposite of jerk is, you invite that quality in from a place of groundedness. Remember how we made a sun in our belly? That's a good place to get into before you start kind of trying on qualities. And you shouldn't pick a quality that's a should. You know, if you have somebody in your life, like your mother, say, who says, you should be less sensitive, or you should be more, um, open-minded when I have suggestions for you or any number of things that parents say or partners also have good ideas about how you should change if you are foolish enough to ask, (laughs) which I would never do. I would never put my partner in that kind of position where she would have to say as she would, you are perfect the way you are. Because she's brilliant. (laughs) So just try on various qualities. When you are sitting in an open place, 
a quiet place. And if you have a body sensation of interest and energy in that quality, then perhaps that is one you might want to work with. Not something that you should work with, not something someone else has told you to work with, not something that you go, oh yes, I need to be more patient, I invite myself to work with patience, and then you feel like Eeyore, you know, like, oh, this year I'm working with patience. That's, that's not how it should feel. It should feel like energy and lightness. So think of a quality, if you will. I'm going to breathe with you now for five breaths, not really long time. But if in this quietness, because some of y'all never get any quietness except in this room. Um, in this quietness, if maybe some qualities flit across your mind, you might write them on your bulletin and take them home. Here we go. Let's just breathe together. Another thing to note is this. Energy follows attention. Energy follows attention. Whatever you pay attention to, you get what you pay for. Does that make sense? So if you focus as you invite change into your life on all your failures, your life will be filled with failure. If you focus on things that you've done right, your life will be filled with a feeling of accomplishment. If you focus in the people around you, kids, parents, partners, on all the things they mess up on, you will live a less happy life than if you focus on the things they do beautifully. Energy follows attention. So be careful what you pay attention to, because that's what will fill up your life. The questions she suggests we ask once we've picked a quality with which to work is this. What would this moment feel like if there were more blank, name of your quality? What would this moment feel like if there were more awareness? What would this moment feel like if there were more kindness? What would this moment feel like if there were more quiet? What would this moment feel like if there were more playfulness? And then what you're going to find out, I'm guessing, is that your quality has a lot to do with the people around you. It will affect the people around you, but more than that, it will be something that is truth for you inside. That you will find out you've been very noisy inside or that you've been telling lies to yourself or that you've been very unplayful with yourself while you're playful with other people or you've been very unaware of what goes on in you while you're trying to be mindfully aware of whatever dishes you're washing at the moment. I invite you to try it and I invite you to let me know how it goes. Bright morning stars are rising. Bright morning stars are rising. Bright morning stars are rising. Day is a breaking in my soul. Go in peace.
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.